You are listening to the American Truth Project podcast. So I'm going to talk about the primaries a little bit and the elections and what's going on. Um, I'm sure you're a very involved group and half of you are on one camp and the other half are in the other camp and I won't tell you who I'm for. I just want to make sure it's a Republican in November. Uh, then I'm going to talk about Hillary's legal situation and I'm going to educate you so that by the time you leave this room you will never believe another statement that comes out of the Democratic Party about Hillary's emails. Uh, third, I'm going to talk about Muslim immigration into Europe and the United States, especially after the tragedy in Brussels. Uh, and then I'm going to talk to you about Apple uh, a little bit. I'll update you on Iran and then I'll tell you what I'm doing going forward. So without any further ado, let's talk about the elections. After last night, here's where things stand. Donald Trump has 739 delegates after he swept Arizona. Uh, Ted Cruz is at 465 after he crushed in Utah. And John Kasich uh, is bringing up the rear to 143 delegates. As I'm sure you all realize since it's announced daily, uh, the magic number is 1,237. And you either win that by um, the first ballot or it becomes an open primary. I did three shows on this last week on KUSI. It's getting so much attention because there's so much story circulating within the Republican Party uh, about what will happen at the convention if Donald Trump doesn't get the number. There's, it's mathematically impossible for Kasich to get it, and it's logistically impossible for Ted Cruz to get it by the convention. The hope of both of those candidates is the convention goes open and then the delegates get released. Just real quickly how the delegate pledges work, it depends on the state. Delegates are pledged by the people that elect them either through the popular vote or through the caucus system in all 50 states and several territories. For example, American Samoa voted yesterday. Um, Puerto Rico voted two weeks ago. This is an aside in Puerto Rico, they let all the felons vote, which is very bizarre. Um, <laughs> but, the, but they can't vote in they can't vote in the general election. They can also only vote in the primaries. If Donald Trump doesn't have 1,237 on the first ballot, by the second ballot, a very sizable percentage of those delegates get what's called released, and therefore they can vote their conscience. If he doesn't get it, or any candidate doesn't get it on the second ballot, by the third ballot, almost everybody is released. And then I call it a zoothon because what happens is there's mass caucusing going on where candidates and candidates people, Ted Cruz's people will be talking to former Donald Trump delegates, Donald Trump's people will be talking to Ted Cruz's delegates because at that point there are no such thing as pledged delegates. Everybody's a free agent and there hasn't been an open convention like that in the GOP since 1948. Now what's really critical that you understand is the Republican Party is going to meet in Cleveland the week before the convention starts on July 18th and make the rules. We don't know what the rules are yet. We know what the rules have been. If you go back six months, Donald Trump made a speech where he said, I will run as a Republican. And what did he say after that? As long as you don't change the rules. And what's being rumored is what he's afraid of is delegate releases, delegate pledge releases, and how they can maneuver within the convention. Because there's a very strong, I don't 
doesn't matter who you're for, there's a very strong dump Trump movement within the GOP. That was Mitt Romney going to Salt Lake to lobby in Utah, and previous to that, lobbying in Ohio, and previous to that, in Florida. Um, as an establishment candidate for anyone but Trump. And on the other side, the Trump people feel very strongly if they get disenfranchised, they will bolt the party. They will not vote for Ted Cruz and the general. So it's extremely important for a Republican, which all of you are, that our party does not fractionalize at the convention. That whoever wins, everybody there comes out saying, that's my candidate. Right? If not, what will happen is the Democratic nominee, whoever it is, will be the next President of the United States, I guarantee it. Now there's three other things to think about. Number one, the current polling, we talked about this at lunch, and remember this, is irrelevant regarding the general election. Let me tell you why. The Republicans have beating, been beating the heck out of each other for six months. They are not beating on Hillary. Right? They're running against each other. They want to get the nomination. Once someone is the preemptive or the nominee, that person, whether it's Ted Cruz or Donald Trump or John Kasich or whomever, will then turn their attention on Hillary. Here are the national polls as of right now. Who knows who wins between John Kasich and Hillary Clinton? Kasich by a landslide. Who knows who wins Ted Cruz and Hillary? Ted Cruz, by a little bit. Current polling, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? Hillary. Hillary crushes Donald Trump nationally. Don't worry about it, let me tell you why. They're irrelevant polls. Hillary has so much baggage, and I'm gonna to talk to you about a couple things, that when it starts getting educated, in the press so that all of the press is going to have to report upon it. Here's what's going to happen. The Democrats are going to vote for her no matter what. The Republicans are not going to cross over and vote for her no matter what. The GOP doesn't make the decision. The Democratic Party doesn't make the decision. The people in the middle do. And there's so many independents or refuse to verify or refuse to state or I don't want to say who I'm for, in the middle will decide this election. They will move left or they will move right depending what happens after the conventions in July. That's why the, the polls as yet don't matter. Uh, one other thing, um, both Ted Cruz's campaign and Donald Trump's campaign have done something very smart in the last few days. Both have appointed very, very scholarly national security advisors um, on um, Ted Cruz's side, he appointed Elliot Abrams, former Undersecretary of State, a brilliant scholar and a friend of mine. And Donald Trump appointed uh, Dr. Ferez, Walid Ferez yesterday, or two days ago, as his foreign policy advisor, who's a very good friend of mine, who I spoke about yesterday on the news, and uh, he made a couple comments, which I'll get to in a couple minutes, about Iran, which I thought were very smart. So, no one's accused Ted Cruz of not getting advice and not having a good staff, but everybody's accused Donald Trump of that. And when Donald Trump announced that he is starting to appoint 
very well-known, very highly reputable scholars in policy, smartest thing he's done in his campaign so far, because he's becoming more statesman-like, becoming more presidential, which he has to do to go get that middle, okay? So, that's where we stand in the elections. One more thing about the elections, you are gonna get really, really important in June. This election is coming down to the California primary and will be decided the first week in June. How many uh, delegates are up for California? 172. Yeah, 172 in California. The, 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 the path to the nomination for the Trump people is if he takes New York, he takes California, he takes Connecticut, I think, it's over. 1372, sorry? Pennsylvania. There's different ways you do the math, but. New York is 99. Yeah, so you, you add those up and the things that are projected to happen between now and then, if he gets 56% and so on. Ted Cruz can't do it. He has to, he has to win too many. Ted's hope is one of three things. One, um, Trump doesn't make it and Cruz becomes the, the uh, consensus candidate. Or two, there's a dream ticket, which everyone talks about behind the scenes of Trump and Cruz together. Or three, some um, catastrophe hits the Trump campaign, which nothing seems to stick to him, so I, I wouldn't count on that. So let's talk now about Hillary's emails. By the time I finish in about five minutes, you're going to know she's one of the great liars of the 20th and 21st century. But I'm going to give you a little legal education now. All key players at state and in the military and in government service must sign a very extensive NDA when they come into, into office. And it has to do with a non-disclosure agreement between that person and the federal government that carries civil and criminal penalties if you violate it. All right, so there's li different levels of classification of secrecy in the federal government. There's classified, there's secret, there's top secret, and then there's above top secret, which is called special access program information. Um, several weeks ago, I had uh, dinner with an admiral who uh, is a very good friend of mine. We served on the fair board together. For those of you that don't know, I served uh, four terms for different governors running the fair and the racetrack in Del Mar. And the Admiral told me that he had seen a, a fairly large amount of SAP information. Remember, that's the above top secret. And he said, it's so secret, Barry, I never got it in writing. And I said, well, how did you see it? He said, well, a courier would come to me and the desk would be cleared off so there were no pens, no paper, no recording devices, the cell phone gets locked up. I read it while he stands there. He asks me if I understand it and have I finished. And when I'm done and I say yes, he puts it back in a locked briefcase and off he goes. It is never to be reproduced. It is never to be emailed. It is never to be kept on a server. And yet, they have found so far 22 of those on her server. Now let's talk about that server. This is really important. The State Department has the most secure servers in the country. They are encrypted, meaning when trans transmitting or receiving information, it's going out in code, and it is behind a firewall that is supposedly impenetrable. 
I suppose anything can be hacked, but that's the status of it. That's the reason why employees that sign these agreements not only are told to use the official State Department server, but it's for their protection too. So no one gets the information. Now, have you heard in the press where Hillary has said in press conference after press conference after press conference the following words? Yes, there was a lot of information on my server that I had access to that I read, but it wasn't classified at the time. It was classified later. Everybody heard that? Yes. That is complete BS. Because the NDA doesn't say it has to be classified. There's a presumption in the position of Secretary of State that it's either classified because it has the stamp on it, or you should have known it was classified, or should have been classified if in error it wasn't classified. Do you get the distinction? Right? So for her saying, I didn't know at the time, so I didn't do anything wrong, is a lie. The NDA that she signed, it's this thick, says you are deemed to have known it should have been if it wasn't at the time it was in your possession. According to the Inspector General of the Department of State, there are 2,200 emails that have been taken off that server that are in some level of classification. And at least two dozen, possibly, between 12 and two dozen SAP, which they can't even figure out how she got SAP on her server. Now let me talk to you about that server. Have you heard the name, I want to say it right, Brian Magliano? You're going to hear a lot about this guy. This is the guy, a Department of State IT specialist, who was assigned to Hillary Clinton when she became Secretary of State to set up her email protocols for her Blackberry, her cell phone, her computers. She was the one that instructed him to set up a private server. Not the State Department email server, but a private server. And this guy put it together, and that server was kept in the closet of an apartment in Colorado Springs, unprotected, unencrypted, accessible off the internet. Four countries supposedly have hacked that. North Korea, Russia, Iran, and China. Supposedly, the lives of hundreds of US operatives are in jeopardy because of it, because they're, they're operating secretly. CIA, NSA, uh, military intelligence, overseas operatives, SEALs operating in country, and so on. The FBI is preparing the biggest indictment right now ever requested to the Department of Justice in their history against someone who worked at state. And the name on the indictment is Hillary Clinton. Supposedly, this is all rumor, it will be released to the Department of Justice by the end of May with a request for indictment. Now, it works on that level, sort of like local law enforcement, the police go and arrest somebody and they make charges and they go to the district attorney who charges them officially. The police don't charge you, they arrest you, right? Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit.
please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.